0: Welcome to follow the friends. My name is Kristen and about a year ago, my husband and I decided to embark on a foster care journey. Since then, we have taken baby after baby into our home and we are thrilled to share our journey as well as some questions you may have about foster care with anybody interested in listening. So tune in and pull up a seat as you get to glimpse into our daily lives as foster parents.
1: I'll have you all know I'm reluctantly starting today's episode (laughs) because I just spent the last 10 minutes begging my husband to join me. (laughs) And when I say begging, I mean like borderline almost having a tantrum like my daughter. And he's still refused and he's sitting right next to me reading a book. And it's going to be a short episode but it's fine he says he'll do it some other time which I don't believe because when is he really going to be off from work and in the mood to do a podcast episode with me never so I think he's lying to me anyways please ignore how snafily I sound everybody in our house is sick which is the other reason he doesn't want to record this it's like I'm sorry we're all sick (laughs) No, but seriously, our whole house has been kind of under the weather Our youngest came down with
0: RSV last week Which, if you don't know what RSV is, Google it Because I don't really know how to explain it All I know is it can be serious in little babes But thankfully our littlest case was pretty late And it manifests in the form of like a cold with adults So We just all have colds, and brother, our toddler, um, I thought he had it, but we just took him to the doctors for kind of a follow-up from something else, and she said he was fine, so that's great, great news. All right, today's episode, Um, I wanted to talk about respite, and... Just the blessing that respite can be. We've mentioned this in past episodes, and um, I just think it's a really great way to involve yourself in foster care. Um, but I also think it's a great resource to use as a foster parent. So when I've explained fo- uh, respite to people in the past, um, mostly non foster families, they always seem a little horrified <laughs> because, in a nutshell, respite is. Um, Glorified babysitting for foster families. And what I mean by that is if you're a foster family, you are allotted um, a certain amount of what's called respite hours a year. And that means every year you can use up to a certain amount of respite hours. So maybe you and your husband want to go away for your five-year anniversary, but you don't feel comfortable taking your three-month-old foster babe with you. You would, if you didn't have any family in town or anybody that could help you watch him or her, you can utilize what's called respite. So respite is essentially another family that has been licensed um, essentially to foster. Because if you want to be a respite family, you go through the licensing, same licensing process as a foster family. But their license is geared towards providing respite. So it's usually another foster family or another licensed foster family, but they're doing respite for other foster parents. So you would utilize what's called respite. So you would contact your licensing worker through your agency and say, hey, my husband and I are going to be going out of town um, and we don't have anybody to watch our sweet little foster babe. Can you find us a respite family? And then an email essentially goes out And a respite family steps forward and says, oh, yeah, we can watch this little babe. And you end up meeting that respite family and they babysit essentially your little guy um, for as long as the time is needed. Um, The thing that's hard about that is you usually don't know the respite family. You don't know anything about them. You've never seen their house. Um, you've never met their kids. If they have anything, have any, they've never met their spouse. Um, and so it's a little bit blind. All you know is that they're licensed. So when I've explained this to other people in the past, people are like, Oh my gosh, how could you ever think about using respite? That sounds just, you know, terrifying to just leave them with people that you don't know, which I mean, yes, that can be terrifying. However, At the same time, you know, what is terrifying is not taking a break when you need it. What's also terrifying is not taking the time to connect as a family when you need to regroup. Um, What's also terrifying is, you know, taking in a foster child and having to cancel maybe a mission trip you were going to go on uh, and already funded. So, I mean, yes, respite can be terrifying, At the same time, I think there has to be a level of balance because I think respite can be a beautiful and great thing. I think something that really helped me as a foster parent warm up to this idea of utilizing respite is because I know other foster families who have done respite, and um, they're great. They're great people, and it's been a super big blessing um, to watch them provide respite for other people. Because one, they have such a um, great time providing respite for other foster families. They really feel blessed to be able to do that. And then also I've gotten to see those other foster families be blessed by respite. So I'm not going to lie. I didn't think we would ever utilize respite when we first started fostering. And when people would tell me like, oh my gosh, I would never use respite. I was like, oh, I know. We never will. So foolish of me. Um, And I do think that if you can't have family or someone familiar watch your foster child, then that is probably the better route for the child um, because it just, I think, reduces trauma. However, there's not always a situation where you can't utilize family. So, for example, we had to use respite for the first time this year, a few months ago, And it ended up being just the greatest experience for us and blessing. And so I just want to share a little bit about that. So Houston and I had planned to go to New Hampshire to visit my family um, for Thanksgiving. And we had planned on taking brother, obviously, um, because brother just is, you know, kind of a staple. <laughs> he just is always with us. So we had planned on taking brother um, and we had thought about taking little man. However, there was kind of a question on whether he would be transitioned to family prior to the trip. So we were kind of up in the air on whether he would even be with us for the trip. So we decided to um, not plan on taking him just because one, we were going to be staying with family. And so, That was going to be a little bit hard for us to find a place big enough for all four of us. And two, we would have to bring like a second pack and play and a second high chair and a second um, car seat. All those things are doable and we could have done all those things. However, it was a little tricky for us to kind of plan the entire trip around those things and needing like an extra seat in the car um, while we were there. Uh, without knowing for sure if he was going to actually be with us. So we just kind of decided to go ahead and take that off the table. Um, We also knew that we were going to be going through a pretty significant court date about the day before our trip to New Hampshire. And so emotionally, we knew that was going to be a really difficult week for us. And so we really wanted that time to just be able to focus on brother and kind of the significance of that court date and also his case. Um, And so we really just felt like taking that trip, just the three of us as a family, was really essential um, for where we were. And it was a really hard decision to make. Um, We went back and forth on it a lot. But in the end, we really strongly felt like one, little man was probably going to go to family prior to the trip. So that was fine. Um, And two, just because of the nature of the trip and the fact that we were going to be, you know, staying with family, needing another room for the little man, need another space in the car, blah, blah, blah. We just felt like this trip, it wasn't the right one to bring him. So we made that decision, which was very difficult because I don't think we ever really planned on being in a situation where we wouldn't take everybody that's in our house um, on a trip. But it kind of just worked out that way. And I think it was definitely necessary. So I don't look back at that with regret at all. Um, so then the next thing that we decided to do was try and see if he could stay with family because we knew that, um, we weren't going to be taking him. And so if he wasn't going to transition to his own family, we decided that we would ask Houston's family if they would be able to watch him for that week we were gone. However, I knew that that was going to be kind of a challenge because my mother-in-law always hosts for Thanksgiving And so um, I felt like it was going to be a lot on our in-laws for them to have to watch Little Man and also host uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And they also have um, some of Houston's extended family come and stay with them for uh, a few days. So we just knew that was going to be a lot of people in their house. And we also just knew um, that that was going to be kind of an added thing that they would need to focus on when there was already so much going on. So we just talked to his parents about it and they had the hardest time, you know, they were wrestling with it so badly because they really wanted to take little man, but at the same time, they kind of knew their limits um, just with everything that was going to be going on that week for them um, and just some other things that were factors that I won't get into um, that they reluctantly said no and I totally understood and I actually anticipated that and I would say Houston did too. I think we both felt like it would probably be better if they didn't take him because they were going to be so busy and we didn't want them to feel uh, overwhelmed with having to care for a little man as well. However, at the same time, uh, we wanted to make sure we gave them that option before we called on respite. So when they said no, we decided to contact our licensing worker and move forward with respite. So we lined up a respite family through our licensing worker, and it was super quick. I emailed her and was like, hey, we need respite for a little man for these dates. And she was like, okay, I'll let you know when I find a family. So she was really quick in finding a family. I think we had a family lined up in the next like three days. Um, we gave them plenty of notice. Like I think we found a family like three weeks prior to the trip. So we had that like all planned just in case like the transition to family didn't happen. Um, so as the trip got closer, it became more and more clear that he was not going to be transitioning to his own family and that we were going to definitely need to use respite. And then I think it was like a week before the trip, um, our licensing worker contacted us and was like, oh, things fell through with the respite family. Um, they're not going to be able to provide respite for little man. I'm going to try and find another family. So we were like, okay, just keep us posted. Um, And that was pretty quick. She found us another family, I think, like the next day. And it really was just God's timing and God's blessing because the family that ended up taking in Little Man for respite, I ended up knowing through this like crazy chain of people. Um, But we didn't figure that out until like the very end. Um, But it just ended up being such a cool blessing because when you hand off your child to someone you don't know for a week, it, it is terrifying. Um, however, I just had such an incredible peace about this situation and it was even better that I ended up learning that these people were, you know, friends of friends and just really solid. And we just knew that they were, um, an amazing family. And we felt so blessed that little man actually got to be able to stay with them for the week. So got everything set up. I ended up texting the lady who was going to be our respite for little man. We met up. I gave her the lowdown on everything that was going on with little man. And I dropped him off. And it was just the weirdest feeling. Um, I remember pulling out of the parking lot where we met and just thinking, like, what a bizarre situation, right? Like, what a bizarre place to be in in life where you have to make a very tough decision to not take one of your kids, what feels like one of your kids with you on a trip. Um, And that you would trust or entrust them to someone you really don't fully know, and just hope that everything goes well, and that the transition isn't traumatic, and you know that when you get them back, they're in a good place. So, I will say that that was like the most bizarre thought process as I left. Um, but there was also this was like really interesting freeing feeling, I felt as well um, as we were able to kind of just embark on that trip and focus on brother and reconnecting as a family Um, because we really haven't ever, um, like, we hadn't had time, just the three of us, since Um, we'd taken in little man. So to just kind of have this week where we could just, like, almost reset as, like, a family. Um, And give brother some really, I think, needed one-on-one. I just feel like that was a really big game changer for our family and gave us a really good breather from everything that was going on. Um, I also am going to be truly transparent and vulnerable and tell you that it was incredibly nice to be off one full week from foster care meaning I didn't have to manage visits. I didn't have any appointments. I didn't hear from any caseworkers. I literally felt like I was taking a break from work Um, because honestly, that's kind of what foster care to a certain degree has become in my life is my job and managing all their appointments and cases and everything um, that goes with that. And so, For me to just be able to almost, like, disconnect and unplug from that, I just felt like it was really beneficial for me and for Houston um, to just step back from, like, the world of foster care for a week. Um, And Brother's case, as um, you guys know, is quieter. So it just was – it was great, honestly, to be frank. So I – I don't think we'd had like a true break from foster care land for that over a year. And so to just take that week and have that separation, it was honestly just like really rejuvenating and really freeing. Um, And it just kind of left me thinking that I feel like oftentimes we can really – take for granted the resources provided for us as foster parents or almost feel like we need to just muscle through or, I don't know, toughen up or not use things because we don't technically need to. But I can't tell you, like, what an incredible blessing it was to be able to have the opportunity to use respite and to then – use it and just have such a positive experience with it. So, yeah. We went on this trip. We had a lot of beautiful time just kind of reconnect and focus as a family and take a break from foster care land. And then when I got home, I got to go pick up a little man and transition him back to our house. And honestly, it was like pretty seamless. Um, he was definitely a little under the weather and he had been prior to our trip. So that was like definitely the only challenge I would say coming back was that he was still sick, but um, the respite care provider had everything they needed for him health-wise well. He was in their care, and so um, that's kind of also really comforting. It's like you know if anything happens there, justice is equipped as you are um, to care for them. So that's really comforting for me. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, I'm going to give you guys a really brief summary on daycare and how to use utilize that if
1: you're a foster parent.
0: But, yeah, I just wanted this first portion to be dedicated to respite and just to say, like, you know, if you're a respite provider, like you are such a blessing to foster families. And if you're a, a foster family, um, don't be afraid to use respite. I think it can be such a healing thing for your family, for you. And it is 100% okay to um, realize like, hey, you know what? We need We need a moment to reconnect as a family. Maybe you're not even going anywhere. You just have some bio kids that you maybe haven't met with and kind of like given full attention within, a you know, six months because things have been crazy. Who knows? Um, but just knowing your family and knowing what's best for you and also just respecting that um, and utilizing the tools and resources that are there for you. I don't think anybody should be afraid of that. Um, If you are interested in foster care world, but you're not And a place where you want to get licensed and take on a full case or a full placement or a long-term placement, um, like Houston and I are doing, you can do what, like I said, you can become a respite family. Um, It is the same process as becoming a foster family. You have to take the classes and complete a home study. However, I do think it's fast-tracked a little um, I think it's a little bit simpler, maybe a little bit faster of a process, but it's the same process. So you are technically licensed to foster. However, you can say we want our license to be used for respite. And then what happens since Houston and I foster, we also can provide respite. So we've been asked to do respite. So what happens is your agency will actually email you and say, hey, there's a little boy. He's hypothetically 16 months old, and he needs respite for three days. These are the dates. Um, Would you be able to do that for this family? And you can say yes or no. Um, And so it's very short-term usually, and it's a huge blessing to foster families. Um, So if you are interested in foster care world, but you do not find that you're in a place where you can take on a long-term placement or maybe be able to navigate uh, the load of having a full case, I think respite's a great option. So yeah, if you have any questions about that, feel free to DM me. Um, And yeah, I'm going to take a break and come back with a short snippet on daycare. Okay. Back. I'm back. Wow. That was rough. Um, and I'm
1: still grieving the loss of my husband in the sense that he is not recording this episode with me and I'm flying solo even though he's literally sitting right next to me.
0: Um, okay. So this second half of this episode is going to be on daycare. As you guys know, during my first trimester, as I am pregnant, I was super sick and kind of losing my mind. Um, with all of the change that we were going through. And so we made the really hard decision to put the boys in daycare full time. That has actually changed since um, the start of January. However, uh, for the months of November and December, utilizing daycare was very helpful. For us, and I think there's a number of reasons. Of reasons, it's really wise to use daycare. I just think, again, you really need to know your family and just not feel um, any guilt if you need to use childcare of any form. So I know that that's something I super wrestled with because I wasn't really working at the time. I was working part time, but not not a ton. And so for me, I really struggled with feeling like it was absolutely necessary to put the boys in full time. However, um, I think it was the best decision we could have made for our family just because there was so much transition and so much going on that I think we kind of needed a little bit of time to just um, re-focus on Houston and I and know that the boys were being – Um, educated and cared for, um, but also knowing that we were getting some space to kind of take care of ourselves and um, our home. So that was a really hard decision, and I battled with guilt the entire time, and I think that that is something that you may face if you do make that decision and it's something you struggle with. I think finding someone that's really grounding for you um, that you can call or – just kind of touch base with. I think I cried like almost every morning for the first couple of weeks. So it's hard, it's really challenging. Um, but at the same time, it was super helpful and necessary. So we ended up putting the boys in um, full time daycare. When you decide to utilize childcare, um, the state actually provides a stipend for you and support. So it will either cover all of your child care or um most of it. And in some instances, you end up paying what's called the copay. Um, so in the copay situation, you the state like covers almost everything, but you pay like a flat rate a week. So for us, we were paying like $25 for both the boys to go full time. Um, and it's kind of funny, but In most instances, depending on the daycare, but in most instances, it's actually more expensive for them to go part time than it is for them to go full time. So I did think it was kind of funny because some people were like, well, why don't you just put them in part time? And unfortunately, that's not super how the state sets it up. They more set it up to um, help them be in full time for, I think, people who are working full time. So it actually ends up, in most cases, being more expensive for them to go part-time. And in some places, I don't even think they necessarily accept part-time. So if you decide to put your foster child into daycare, you will first want to get a link from your licensing worker that will show you all the daycares that accept DES support. DES is... I think it's the Department of Economic Services, and that's actually um, where you will receive your funding for your child care. Um, so you want to find a daycare near you that accepts DES, and that's, you know, not going to be every daycare. It's going to be a little limited. So definitely tour them. I toured like, I don't even know, maybe six or eight daycares. Um, talk to your other friends who foster and utilize child care, um, I really found that the best way to know if I liked a place or not was just to go and to tour. So after we found a great um daycare that we liked and found that there was room um for both boys, which was a huge blessing, we contacted their caseworkers and said we were gonna be putting them in, start date of this, and also that they were going to be full-time or part-time, whatever applies to your situation. And they'll put in an application for daycare for them. And you'll actually receive a letter from DES approving it. So yeah, that's the process. I didn't know that. So when we decided to put the boys in daycare, I just was like, found a daycare that I really liked and you know, found out that they accepted DES and started them. And then my caseworkers were like, okay, when did you start them? So that way we can make sure we have the start date correct. I didn't realize that you need to get everything submitted prior. Um, And it's really quick, but definitely allow yourself a couple weeks um, prior to your start date. And uh, they end up approving the child care for that year. So they give you a year approved of child care. If the child is still in foster care at that time after the year um, is up, you can just reapply and they can extend it out. So it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, um, and can be a huge blessing. We found that daycare was a really great tool for us um, in that season of life. And the only challenge we really ran into with it was sickness. And um, that was just honestly a constant battle. I truly think our kids would have gotten sick even if they were at home all the time as well. However, I think the nature of the illnesses that they picked up was definitely heavily influenced by daycare. And that's just kind of – part of daycare, to be honest with you. I saw it when I was teaching first grade. It's like when you have that many kids in one room, it just travels. So that was a b- vicious cycle for us. You know, they'd go for a couple weeks, then be out for a couple weeks and um, you know, trying to get them well and then sending them back into a situation where they were going to be exposed to so much more we just found that that was a constant battle for us. So starting in January, we made the decision to pull brother out fully. Um, and he was also having a hard time getting dropped off. And that was really difficult for me. He he just loves being home. And so it was really painful for me to have to um, kind of separate from him. Little man actually is much more adaptable and I felt like did really well in daycare. So we decided to keep him in part time. Um, and that also continues to give me a break throughout the week. And then also allows me to have that one-on-one time with brother that I think is really essential for him. So we're still using daycare and it's still been a big blessing. Um, however, The illness is no joke, and it's definitely been something we've had to kind of navigate. We did end up moving him to part-time. We still pay the same as if he was going full-time, but we don't care. Um, And I do think that has super helped with the illness situation because he's not there as much, and he also gets like two days during the week where he's home and gets to eat at home and nap at home and kind of reset those days, so... Yeah, I just wanted to do a quick blurb on daycare and let you guys know kind of how it works um, and how you get that going if you're a foster parent. And at the same time, just for all you mamas out there who are working full time, you're killing it. And I literally commend you guys so much. And for those of your stay at home moms who also need preschool or need daycare, like utilize it. However, you parent best is the best way to parent. So that's what I'm leaving you guys with. And I hope you have a happy Monday. And I hope that this is informative. And I have a couple interviews coming up, which I'm really excited about for the next few episodes. So stay tuned for that. And I'm really hoping and praying that my husband will change his heart and come on my podcast once again. But
1: no promises. (laughs) All right, you guys have a great week.